Scott for Scots here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except at Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass, you're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's good to get on here after a win. It's wonderful to uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to have positive things to talk about, especially with the way the game started. But please, I'm asking you guys, please forgive me. If I may seem, I'm a bit in a somber mood because, well, I also host Timberwolves Explosion and (laughs) I just got done recording a special 25-minute episode of that show that is on iTunes already, believe it or not, Um, talking about Flip Saunders' um, death, the death of Flip Saunders. And before I start this episode, I'm going to give Flip Saunders, head coach, former head coach of the Timberwolves, and of course, president of basketball operations, which he was so good at. I'm going to give him right now a moment of silence. Flip Saunders had a uh, very short uh, battle with cancer that uh, still not really sure what happened. Um, it was what was regarded as a, a uh, uh, it was regarded as a very treatable cancer. Many of you have heard that already. 80% survival rate. Things were going okay, it seemed, and then suddenly there was some type of major setback in September, and he was and he's hospitalized ever since, and 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 then he just up and died. What is it like second quarter today? Um, was when I got the news from the alert on my phone. Uh, pretty, I think news travels awfully fast in in uh, in this case. It traveled awfully fast in this case, and it does travel fast in this day and age when uh, when it's able to when the information is allowed to come out. So. I don't mean to bring you guys down. It's just, man, a lot of us know who he is. And a lot of us that care about the Timberwolves really, 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 really have a somber feeling right now. And wow, you know, unbelievable. So uh, again, I apologize about the uh, somber way to start this. The Minnesota Vikings did get a road victory for the first time in a while. And it's wonderful to get one in Detroit for the first time since 2012. So there you go. Again, we haven't had a winning record on the road since 98. And that's unbelievably bad. The odds of us getting there this year, well, we'll we'll worry about that when we worry about that, I guess. We'll worry about that when the time comes if we're in any position to get there. Mm. 
Boy, segment number two is going to be interesting as I just look at some of the scores on here. What the hell? What am I looking at? Anyhow, mm, yeah, let's get to the actual Minnesota Vikings game. It's been three minutes now, so do forgive me. <laughs> and if you are mad at me for the first part, screw you, okay? You don't have to listen to this show or any other show if you're going to get pissed off about that, okay? So, yeah. Um, this game did not start out well at all. I mean, it looked like the Vikings were going to get wiped right off the field today. It, it really did. It, it really did. I mean, Detroit just came down the field. They got the opening kick. Completion, completion, completion. Matthew Stafford ended up completing the first his first six attempts of the game. Before you know it, it was 14-3. to The only good part is the Vikings offense looked pretty good too. They just didn't finish the drive. But when you see Matthew Stafford completing a long pass to Calvin Johnson down the field, that's not good. Um, I, and there was a lot of that on both sides of the ball in this game, particularly for or both both teams per se, both both sidelines, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, that forty-six yard pass to Calvin Johnson, that was kind of like, oh boy, here we go. This is not working out at all. Forty-six yard completion to Kelvin Johnson, and then a touchdown pass to Kelvin Johnson, pretty much right after that. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hmm. This game not starting off well at all. And it's like, what did I warn you about on the last show? That if Kelvin Johnson and, uh, well, you know, Megatron, we'll say, and uh, uh, Matthew Stafford connect several times in this game, it's going to be a victory for the Detroit Lions. But luckily, there wasn't a whole lot of connections after that. Not until much, much later in the game, which is pretty much, in my opinion, the reason why the Vikings won this thing at all. Wow. Uh, Stefan Diggs can, can play. He didn't catch every pass coming his way necessarily, but not every pass was like the most catchable of all time. And the Detroit defense was okay at times, though later in the game it wasn't too good at all. In fact, it was much worse than what the Vikings defense looked like in the first first quarter, first half, whatever it was. Vikings offense really looked good most of the day today. They've been under uh, fire criticism and all that after last week and other weeks <laughs> going into through this one. So again, we open up with the main guy, Teddy Bridgewater. Completing 25 of 35 passes, 71.4%. That's a funny percentage. 316 yards, no interceptions, and two touchdowns. Quarterback rating, 118.3. And he looked awfully damn good out there, didn't he? Not everything was perfect and all that, but he was rushed quite a few times. He got sacked four times in the game. That's a lot. It's not... Too many, but it's a lot. It's a decent number. Not as many times as Matthew Stafford was sacked today, and that's what helped the Vikings win this game. Pressure, Matthew Stafford, and you beat the Detroit Lions. Well, good job, because the Vikings pressured Matthew Stafford, and we beat the Lions. We didn't go him into a single turnover, and his efficiency was even better than Teddy Bridgewater's. 126.4. Damn, that's a lot. 126.4. Uh, 256 yards passing. But yeah, see, the yards is the difference because it looked like Stafford was going to throw for over well over 300 in the first half. Not the game, the first half. Yeah, uh, you'll hear that from Justin Mayerhandler later when we get to segment number three. As this will, as usual, be review segment number one, preview and, and like roundup segment number two, like NFC North. And sometimes I, buy and I often bounce around the NFL, but not as detailed-ish is the NFC North in segment number two, which is so much fun to do every week. And Fan Interaction is segment number three. Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but yeah, this game wasn't going well at all for the Vikings. In fact, we could not score in the red zone for our lives. We just we just couldn't get it done. Nah. And every time it looked like something was going to go right, we'd end up having to punt or God knows what was going to happen. 
And at one point during the game, it looked like we were never going to get anywhere because the Vikings offense was doing something. And then Adrian Peterson and Teddy Bridgewater failed on the exchange. At first, they gave the fumble to Adrian Peterson, which would have been his fourth of the season. They ultimately gave it to Teddy Bridgewater because, pardon me, I'm a little too far from the mic there, was because um, uh, it was on Bridgewater. The exchange just wasn't good. It wasn't a good exchange, unfortunately, and there was miscommunication. That sucks. Uh, Blair Walsh made a 53-yarder later on after making his first one early in the first quarter. He made a 53-yarder, and that's after he missed a, one that was significantly shorter than that. So Walsh, not bad today. In fact, he scored a lot of points if you play fantasy football, which I made fun of on my Facebook page this week. Because <laughs> I'm just a mean, mean guy, aren't I? Yep, I'm a mean guy. He missed an extra point, not a field goal. Pardon me. Looked like that, but yeah, they are field goals now because it's further back. Yeah, he missed an extra point. That's cute. That was after the, uh, yeah, but I remember, of course, that was after the Kyle Rudolph um, um, touchdown, which was an awesome play. Teddy Bridgewater made a, a uh, did the fake to Adrian Peterson. It looked awfully like Adrian Peterson had the football now, and that's how well they designed that uh, play action, because even the announcers were like, Peterson has the ball, or, you know, Peterson running forward, and Peterson going forward with the ball, and, uh, no, Bridgewater passes it to Rudolph, touchdown. Wow, nice. <laughs> and there were a lot of instances throughout this game where men were open, and Bridgewater hit his targets. He took advantage of it, whether they were down the field, uh, 30, 40 yards, or they were down the field, 15, 20, and he hit his targets. And a lot of people that are critic- that were criticizing today Bridgewater last week, well, they kind of got a little quieter this week, and good, good for them. Good for them, because Bridgewater wasn't terrible last week. He, he made a lot of nice completions to Stefan Diggs. There was a little frustration going on with uh, Mr. Uh, Mike Wallace, who was better today, but not great. Uh, Wallace uh, just could not pull down some passes last week, and the frustration was mounting. Still nothing special this week. A lot of short yardage stuff. Four catches for 36 yards. Of course, did not get in the end zone, unfortunately. He could have on one of those, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, but he was better, uh, more efficient. It's just too bad there was nothing deep, but it's just you got to take what's given to you. Apparently Detroit must not have thought Stefan Diggs was for real because, well, he was open quite a bit. <laughs> he caught nine, he, I mean, he was targeted nine times, six catches overall for 108 yards. And his first NFL touchdown will be one for the ages. My goodness. Because he wasn't wide open. He was open enough to catch the ball. Yes, okay, he was open enough to catch the ball, and Bridgewater accurately completed the pass about 36 yards down the field. Ultimately, before the pass was caught, Stefan Diggs faked through two defenders and then was open. He made a move. He split the defense between two Detroit defenders to get open and then made a Willie Mays type of catch, like a basket catch. Perfect play between both players. I mean... Bridgewater threw it where only Diggs could get it, and it led Diggs open. Yes, that's what the great quarterbacks do. But then Diggs made a spectacular play, diving for the ball, catching it right place, right time, got there at the right place, right time, and made the bleeping play like the great receivers do. Great quarterback, great receiver. Well, there you go. Maybe you can't use the word great to describe both of them yet, but that was a great play between a quarterback and a receiver, without a doubt. That was awesome. Um, absolutely awesome. The play of the game, ultimately. And that's what put the Vikings ahead much later in this one. As the Vikings ultimately did claim a 22-17 to lead 
at that point. I was just like, oh my god, this is so cool. The Vikings have taken the lead in this game. Wow. And that was after Walsh had also nailed a uh, 51-yarder at the end of the half as well, the end of the first half. This was obviously <laughs> in the third quarter. So Detroit was only up uh, 17 to 15. You could feel the Vikings were going to were catching up in this one. And it was it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. But then you had that play Bridgewater to Stefan Day. He's like, you know, we might actually win this game now. And how, how cool is that? Because I bet Detroit's pretty shell-shocked after they were up 17 to 6 midway through the uh, second quarter or so, or more than midway, about two-thirds through that one. Wonderful comeback for the Vikings, and Detroit would never really do much about it later on. Mm-mm. There's really not much they could do about it, man, and a boo-boo for, for, for that. <laughs> Just an unbelievable play. 36-yard touchdown, ultimately, after the spectacular move to get officially open, and Bridgewater, of course, leading him open. Stephon Diggs didn't have to turn around to catch the ball. He was going forward, catching the ball. There was no defender in sight. That's a great play between two very, very good football players that are developing into something really, 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 really good. I'm very excited about it, and I think everybody listening is as well. Blair Walsh then ultimately added a four uh, after Detroit couldn't do anything, and the fans were getting raucous. They were starting to boo their team, the the play calls and such, and just the inability to get a freaking first down. Detroit fans were throwing their hands in the air, booing, and then Bridgewater and the Vikings continued to march down the field, but couldn't get in the end zone. Damn it. <laughs> Every time the Vikings get to the red zone, it seems like they can't finish, and it happened two times. Late in the third, Blair Walsh, 35. Yep, he got he got the field goal, put the Vikings up by eight, so now Detroit would have to get an extra point just to tie the game. Excuse me, a, a two-point two conversion to uh, just to tie the game. And then... Um, uh, Vikings again on the next drive up to Detroit, couldn't do anything. Again, got even closer this time, all the way up to near the goal line. And then Walsh uh, had to make a 22-yarder, which he did, thankfully. One of those two was uh, was kind of like barely going through, but then it put the Vikings up by a, a very solid margin of 9 points, or excuse me, 11 points. That's kind of a weird number. Detroit, though, still had the whole fourth quarter to do something, and they didn't. Ultimately, it was just kind of a grinded-out fourth quarter. The Vikings did what they could to waste time, and they punted quite a bit in the, in the fourth. Detroit also punted in the fourth. <laughs> it looked like Detroit had fumbled at one point, which I thought that was pretty much game over, but ultimately the Lions would hang on to the ball. The clock just kept ticking, and the Detroit Lions kept, well, sucking. I don't know. Nothing really rhymes with that one. The Vikings then did a play where Jeff Locke uh, took a safety. And Detroit, really, there was nothing they could do about it. Kept the clock running. Vikings ended up winning the game. Not bad. Not bad. The Vikings were able to run the clock down enough. Detroit couldn't really do much after that. After a failed attempt to get in the end zone, they blew the fourth down at the basically the one-yard line. Gotta love that. Vikings ended up stopping Detroit before that safety, of course. The Vikings took the safety after that play, but ultimately Detroit, there was nothing more in them, and the fans were letting them hear it. You could just hear the frustration from those fans. Doesn't feel good to be, what are they, 1-6? and six. Yeah, it doesn't feel to be 1-6 and six after they went 11-5 and five last year. A very promising season. They almost had home field. If they weren't in the same division with Green Bay anyway, they would have. Speaking of home field or playoffs and all that, well, the Vikings might be this year's uh, Detroit in terms of, well, their position. Vikings finishing possibly second place in this division and making the postseason with a 4-2 record. Wouldn't that be nice? And I think that's very, 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 very legitimate right now. That's a very real conversation at this point in time. 
And I'm real happy about it. And I think a lot of you are as well. Again, I keep saying that too much. But who's going to disagree with it? That's why I keep repeating myself with these silly comments. But ultimately, the Vikings defense won the game in terms of they frustrated Detroit, wouldn't let him get anywhere after as good as they looked in the first half. They looked unbelievable. In the second half, they couldn't really get anything. And Calvin Johnson didn't uh, receive a pass because he was covered very, uh, pretty well most of the game until, again, the, like the last drive where Detroit still had a chance. Ultimately, again, there was a goal line stand for the Vikings. Detroit couldn't get it done. The pass was off the fingertips of the receiver. I believe it was Ebron, if I remember correctly. <laughs> no, it was Riddick. Um, ultimately, the the Lions couldn't get it done. Fourth down, fifth down, <laughs> turnover on downs. Yeah, I'm already repeating myself there. Uh, Vikings defense got the job done overall with seven sacks on Mr. Matthew Stafford. Seven sacks. Eric Kendricks was unbelievable this entire game, just like he was last week. But you could say he was even better in this game, man. Because <laughs> this offense is better than the... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, significantly better, and is also a road game. Eric Kendricks is a, a starting linebacker in this league, without a doubt. And I think, again, I think that's what was going on with Gerald Hodges. Something was going on with Gerald Hodges, maybe Kendricks and the playing time, all that deal. It just wasn't a match for whatever reason. I feel bad that Hodges isn't here, but wow. Kendricks looks like a pretty nice draft pick, along with his former college teammate and current NFL teammate, Anthony Barr, who was also really good in the game. He recorded half a sack. Everson Griffin, welcome back to the Vikings again after illness. And unfortunately, he had a little scare with a pot with an injury as well. One and a half sacks in the game. That was a share with Anthony Barr. Chad Greenway, Tom Johnson, Mr. Reliable. That, that's his nickname. It's not the most creative nickname in the world, but what's Tom Johnson? Reliable. Tom Johnson's Mr. Reliable when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. Another sack for Mr. Reliable, Tom Johnson. Linval Joseph with several tackles along the way, stopping that running game of the Detroit Lions. My goodness, that's a lot of tackles for a defensive tackle. <laughs> Usually it's guys in the secondary or linebackers leading the way. Harrison Smith, ultimately another very, very good game, even though the Vikings secondary got fried royally early on in this one. Was it Sendejo's fault? Was it Rhodes' fault? Yeah, it's kind of collective, you could say, unfortunately. Uh, Sandejo is not the best safety in in the league, that's for sure. He, he's, he's better than Blanton, though, who I should have, who I owe a couple of Christian Ponder memorials, ultimately. Boy, and uh, we're about the point, that point for a, uh, about handout, to hand out rewards in this one. But not quite there. Not quite there. We're getting there. Uh, a couple scary uh, things that took place along the fact that, uh, unfortunately, Jerry is right, not as sharp this week. Dropped some passes that should have been caught, and the Vikings... Could have had some big plays. He, he he dropped a sure touchdown. That was disappointing. Did uh, Jarius right? Just not his day today. And then he got injured as well. And hoping the best there. Not really sure of his status at this point. It didn't look like it was uber serious, but uh, we'll see. He, he he's in a position that's awfully deep right now. So uh, well, and uh, yeah, he did have a hand injury last week as well. So hmm, we're just gonna have to wait and see with that one. Lots of men. With, with catches today, though. I mean, talk about spreading the ball around. Even uh, Michael Pruitt had a really nice catch and spin for 13 yards. Just getting started out there. Charles Johnson, Chuck Johnson, with one catch for 21 yards, and it was nice. Thielen was wide open on a play for a 30-hard catch. Man, that was unbelievable. Oh, and the Zach Line play. That's what it was. It was his first play that wasn't a one-yard touchdown. Zach Line, 49 yards. 
wide bleeping open. A Bill Belichick type play. That was one of the highlights of this game, I'd have to say. <laughs> a Bill Belichick type play where the Lions just didn't even know he was out there pretty much. It was just like, oh, Zach Lyon. Oh, yeah. 49 yards. And if he was just a little bit faster, being he isn't like a full, being he wasn't like a fullback type of guy, fullback, tight end type of player, you know, those guys are never that quick. 49. He, he would have easily scored a touchdown on that play if he was fast, like a Chariots Wright or something, who wound up with only three catches after being targeted six times. And again, a couple of those were, gosh, could have been a lot bigger plays. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Even Adrian Peterson with three catches in the game. That's rare. Um, he had a huge scamper. I don't know why I didn't bring that up. He had an unbelievable scamper as well that helped set up one of those uh, field goal attempts uh, that was 22 yards out because we couldn't score in the red zone. A 70-yard, uh, he's loose. That's basically what we'll call it from now on. A, a, a he's loose 75-yarder for him. Unbelievable play. I remember it so well. Uh, of course I remember it. What am I saying? But <laughs> I appreciated it so much. And that that's a what's cool about this, this is kind of old school Adrian. Because you didn't see these very often the past few years that he was active. Being he wasn't active in 2014, really, other than the first game. You didn't really see these in, in, in his other seasons, despite his greatness. He, he, didn't have any, he didn't have a whole lot of he's looses. And he's had a couple this year. And this was a big one. I mean, wow. He just got through a couple guys, and next thing you know, adios amigo. <laughs> just one guy to beat, and of course he couldn't beat him. Dag nabbit. <laughs> it was a great play. Great defensive stop um, by the Lion defender. It looked like the kind of play, though, boy, just it, it gets to a point where you're probably not going to get past him. It's probably not going to happen where you should maybe go out of bounds, consider it, but because the, the angle that was going on between uh, him and the Detroit defender or like the type of plays where guys get injured. You know, sometimes those three yards don't mean as much as an ACL injury. So, yeah, you know, that's the only complaint I may have on that play. But it was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. He was getting pulled backwards where, you know, you sometimes you go with a, your, your knee has an awkward angle coming down. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially when the other De- Detroit defender came to push Adrian out ultimately because he was slowed by the previous one. That's the whole point. Bada bing, bada boom. That's where the injury could have could have occurred. It was just kind of getting a little awkward with the angles there, unfortunately. Wonderful, wonderful little game for the Minnesota Vikings today. Good road win. It's about sleeping time. We won a game on the road. I forgot what it felt like almost. I mean, really. I mean, how many road games do we win usually? Like, like, like one a year. <laughs> I think we'll win again next week. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I hope we win again next week. We'll talk about that. And um, I, I do think we can. I do think we can. I'm getting way ahead of myself. This is not even the correct segment for me to be saying that. I'm getting kind of, I'm kind of disoriented and distracted right now because of what took place today. I mean, please bear with me. Don't give me a one-star rating on, on, on there because, oh man, it's brutal. He doesn't know anything. What do you mean I don't know anything? This is my eighth year doing this show. And I've been watching football and following it and keeping up with it and studying it. For 23 freaking years. So please, make my day, alright? You're probably 23 years old, some of you trolls out there. I've been watching football as long as you've been breathing. So there you go. Yeah, watching it and studying it. Ultimately, good game and a very, very solid win. 4-2 and two record. Let's get to, let's get, let's push closer to that postseason. Let's keep that winning record going. Let's get another road win next week. Let's talk about it right after this.
you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. It's the, well, NFC North Roundup and the preview segment. And, of course, you know, when I do the roundups, I kind of go around the NFL and look around, have fun with it. Why not, right? It just kind of adds to the interest level, I suppose, to the, the whole NFL and the show and all that, right? At least I would like to say so. So, other than the Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions playing today, which I already reviewed in segment number one, Let's talk about the other two teams who played today. Oh, wait. The Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers are on the bye week. Ha ha. I get an easy one today. <laughs> but the Chicago Bears ultimately will be a team we'll be playing uh, next week in Soldier Field. So let's get it done. We got one done in Detroit. Let's get the second one done in Chicago. Well, let's mess around with the NFL first. Why not? Thursday was further proof that the Vikings just... What the hell are you doing losing to the Seattle... Uh, he's losing to the San Francisco 49ers. They freaking suck. How the hell did that team do what they did to us in week one? I, I, I just don't get it. Fig, figure that one out. Wrap your head around that. Oh, I'm looking at that one score too. Ooh, ooh, what the hell? Well, multiple scores that are like, what the hell right now? Okay, uh, Seattle Seahawks again. Yeah, beat the San Francisco 49ers 20-3. to Hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. Wrap your head around that one. Yeah, Jaguars beat the Bills. Great. Good job. Go. (laughs) Go Bills. Yeah, Buffalo's done. They suck. Rex Ryan sucks. Yep, and Percy Harvin can kiss my ass too, talking about his... He's going to retire already. Yeah, because he's nowhere to be found, you know, when he was in London... Or, well, when the Buffalo Bills are supposed to be in London, he's just nowhere to be found. He's just, there's always something with the guy. You know what? Percy kissed my ass. <laughs> Percy and Cordero, whatever. We got Stefan Diggs and Jarius Wright. Who, who would you guys take right now? Cordero Patterson and uh, and uh, Percy Harvin? Or would you take Stefan Diggs and Jarius Wright? I'd take the, I'd take the latter. It's, it's helping us more than it's helping the Bills right now, eh? Eh? <laughs> I'm watching hockey in the background right now, okay? Okay, I'm just kidding. Pretty much. It is in the back, ruined. Okay, Atlanta only musters 10 points in Tennessee, but that's all they needed because Tennessee only mustered 7 in Tennessee. Uh, what the hell was that? I, I don't know. New Orleans beats Indianapolis. They are done. Goodbye, Indianapolis. Done. Goodbye. Adios, amigo. Pittsburgh is screwed, too. They lost to Kansas City. What the hell? 23-13. to some of these are going to be faster because it's like, what else am I going to really say about some of these? St. Louis beats Cleveland 24-6. to I don't know. I feel bad for the Cleveland Browns. They, they can't beat anybody anymore. St. Louis is kind of getting up there, eh? And the Miami Dolphins are back to 500 after hammering the Houston Texans today. 
that team is getting better. Let's, let's go Dolphins, huh? <laughs> they got rid of Joe Philbin. They must have not liked him at all, really, seriously. I mean, they were they were right on the verge of the playoffs last year. Look at them now, just scoring points, having a good time over there in Miami, 3-3. Three and three. Here they come, and I say go Dolphins over there in Sun Life Stadium. Go Dolphins. You know what? Seriously, nothing wrong with cheering for them, so to speak. Uh, New England continues what they're doing. Yes, sir. Denver Broncos are off today, by the way. That's another undefeated team. Patriots, 6-0. and Jets, 4-2. and Still 4-2. and Not a bad team. What does this say about Rex Ryan, though? I mean, look, look at Rex Ryan. He goes to Buffalo. They're like, they're ready to be world beaters. They're like a 500 team now. That's about it. They're just a 500 team. New York Jets are like way better. Like way better. I mean, and this is after losing to New England today. They're still 4-2. Rex Ryan? Overrated. Dun, 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 dun. Rex Ryan's overrated. Can I say it? I said it. Washington, Tampa Bay, meh, whatever. Uh, Philadelphia, Carolina, that's going on. And then you got uh, Baltimore, Arizona tomorrow. Go Cardinals. I like Arizona just fine, but or I, I like Baltimore just fine, but go Cardinals. They need to kind of get back in the mix here. Uh, but, uh, I'd like to bounce around. we got to look at how teams are doing here a little bit. It's just to kind of keep this segment going a little bit. I mean, I don't want to make it too short. And Buffalo's not 500. They're 3 and 4. Wow. Miami is now ahead of Buffalo. Rex Ryan, you, my friend, are overrated. As for Baltimore, I don't know what the hell happened. They're 1 and 5 on the air. 1 and 5. Mm. Cincinnati's on the bye along with the Denver Brancos and, of course, our two uh, teams over here. New York Giants are beating Dallas. Yep, I mean, they're looking good. Yes, sir, got it like that. Mm-mm-mm. Arizona is still in prime position to win that division. They better beat Baltimore tomorrow. They better get the job done. Go win that division, Arizona. Screw Seattle. <laughs> Go Arizona. Hopefully they can pull that off. That'd be awesome. So now the Minnesota Vikings at 4-2 and will head to the Chicago Bears at 2-4. and four. This upcoming week, shall we preview that one now? Well, of course. What else am I going to do, right? <laughs> what else am I going to do? The Bears, well, after losing their first three games and looking pretty punchless for the most part, despite the fact that they almost beat the Green Bay Packers in Soldier Field, and that's kind of a tradition where they it's a pretty close game usually, and 31-23 uh, to 23 in that case, get hammered by Arizona, shut out by Seattle, and then they beat Oakland, la-di-da, by two, and they squeezed by Kansas City by one last week. In Kansas City. That makes the Chiefs look awful bad there. And, uh, well, they lost to Detroit. That wasn't last week. That was two weeks ago, pardon me. And then they lost to Detroit last week, just barely in a shootout. Now where they host the Minnesota Vikings. And that was kind of too long there, back and forth. What do we do with the Chicago Bears here? Well, nobody of major, major note is uh, is has an injury right now. So that's good for them. Can the Vikings finally win in Chicago? I mean, they should. That's the thing. The Vikings should win this football game, without a doubt. Uh, Jay Cutler, he's all right. He's having an okay season. I mean, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. It's kind of Jay Cutler. I mean, 86.2. He's nothing special, but he's doing better than he's done in previous years. He's, he's having an okay year, and they have a better coach. Their defense is a little bit better, even though they gave up 48 points to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Matt Forte... Well, he's doing pretty good. 500 yards on the ground. He's lost two fumble or lost one fumble on the year. Only two times in the end zone, though. Outside of Matt Forte, they really don't have a running game at all. I mean, there's really nothing else going on there. They don't really have a, a third down back that's really scaring anybody at this point in time. To be 
quite honest. Uh, you don't really see any of them making any 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 numbers with uh, receptions either. The other possible rushers, Jacques Quiz, Rogers, and Jeremy Langford, really non-factors. I mean, I, I mean, I barely ever heard of them. Passing game: Martellus Bennett, Mark. Marquez Wilson, Elshon Jeffrey, all familiar names, and of course uh, Matt Forte with over with almost 200 yards on the season. Eddie Royal's been around. Lots of former Broncos were on this team for a while. There, <laughs> still one of them left in that case. Um, I mean, well, Jared Allen's not there anymore, so you don't have that that uh, side of things. Four sacks from Pernell McPhee. He's pretty much their best uh, defensive player, at least on the line. He's having a pretty damn good season with lots of. Uh, tackles to go along with the sacks. Uh, he's, he's one of their better players. Uh, Jarvis Jenkins as well, way up there. Well-known, <laughs> well-known factor throughout the league. They have some good players, but the Vikings should win this game, bottom line. I mean, the Bears are the Bears are better than some people would like to tell you, and John Fox is a good coach. Some people think he's a loser and all that, but um, yeah, he doesn't win big games necessarily, but well, he's won some. I mean, he beat the what was it? They beat the, they well, who who was it? They when they they went to the Super Bowl back in two thousand three when they played the Patriots. Ultimately lost that game. I can't remember who they beat in that conference final game now, and that's pissing me off. I believe it was the Eagles. Yeah, well, the Eagles always lose that game. Yeah, it was the Eagles. Um, but still, it's a nice win for them. That was long ago, of course. <laughs> that's one of his accomplishments. It's actually his top accomplishment, getting to the Super Bowl. Um, still. I think he's a better coach than what they've had there in the past in Jim Tressman and uh, and Lovey Smith's all right. I mean, he, he got the Bears to the Super Bowl. It still counts for something. Uh, I think Fox is a bit more established. The Bears are doing okay considering what they've represented for the the past year or two. Where a lot of people saw them as the worst team in all of football, and they certainly started out that way. They've gotten better. What really the thing that scares me the most about this game? Well, it's kind of two in one here is the fact the Vikings basically have no success in Soldier Field that I can really hardly remember. Other, I mean, I remember way back in 94, which yeah shows you how long I've been watching the Vikings. Way back in 94, the Vikings slaughtered the Bears in Soldier Field. I still remember Dwayne, was it Dwayne Washington, um, getting an interception, running it for a touchdown on, I believe, 94. Ah, uh, was it, was it who I think it was? Uh, I, I believe Jim Harbaugh was still there. Uh, ultimately, it was Steve Walsh later in the season, which pissed a lot of us off. I can't remember who the Bears quarterback was that year. Other than, I, I think Harbaugh was gone by then. I can't remember. I, I might want to look that up. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, so many classic games of the Bears over the years. The Vikings almost always win in the Metrodome and almost always lose in Soldier Field. A lot of 500s, uh, 500 records between the Bears and the Minnesota Vikings over the years. So many games that were important for, like, division championships back in the day, too, between both teams, back in the good old days, and even all the way up into, like, the, the mid the mid to late 2000s, even at times. The 2008 season, the Vikings and Bears were, were were really going at it for the division championship that season, and luckily the Vikings won that game. It was real cool, but didn't do anything in the playoffs after that, unfortunately. It was kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. Didn't surprise me, but it still sucked. Philadelphia just rolled right past us in that game, if I remember correctly. And, yeah, they did. Mm. Um, 
I love this matchup. It's fun. I mean, Soldier Field is cool. It's a really cool stadium. And I used to love the Vikings and Bears in the Madridome. I mean, it's so fun. And I can't wait till the new stadium when the Bears come in there as well. I've always enjoyed this this rivalry. It, it's enjoyable. The fans aren't as obnoxious as, like, De- Detroit fans are obnoxious. Though they they turn on their team pretty quickly when they start to suck. And understandably, in, in that side of things. Not trying to take a subtle shot. It's about, I mean, I would get frustrated too when my team is just not getting the job done. Um, along with the Packer fans that are unbelievably obnoxious, and they tend to turn on their team as well, but they haven't been having to do that very often, unfortunately, much to our chagrin here in Minnesota. With the bottom line, Vikings and Bears fans are probably the classiest in this division. That's probably why I have a semi-semi-soft spot for the Bears. <laughs> Plus, the Bears just the Bears just reek of 80s to me, you know? I mean, I always think of the 80s when I look at that Bears logo and the uniforms and stuff. That's kind of what I like about them, I guess. Just the good old days, the good old 80s when they were, you know, a good team and the Vikings were a good team and it was a fun battle. You didn't have Detroit and Green Bay's obnoxious fan bases knocking on your door every second. Of course, they don't really knock on our door, but they're cracking your eardrums and it's really annoying to listen to. So, yeah, not much of a preview, was it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, overall, this should be a winnable game for the Vikings. They're still a pretty undermanned team. I mean, there's familiar names up and down the Bears roster, obviously. The Vikings need to take the momentum that they've been building the past couple weeks. Yeah, they snuck past Kansas City. The The Denver Broncos snuck past us, damn it, after we made a nice comeback on them. Just couldn't get it done on the road, like the 99th billionth time. Um, but then we built some momentum with a significantly impressive win against Detroit, despite their 1-6 record on the road, which obviously has always been a struggle for us. The Vikings need to carry that momentum into Chicago. And I feel there's no real reason the Vikings shouldn't be able to do that. Um, Teams against the Chiefs, for some reason, don't score points very much. I mean, the Vikings only got 16 against the Chiefs. The Bears only got 18. And that was in Kansas City, which actually is kind of an impressive win when you think about it for the Bears. And then the shootout with Detroit. The Vikings should put up a good number of points this time around. And when you factor in the Vikings' defense, has been really damn good the past several weeks now. I mean, against San Diego, it was good. It was good against uh, Denver. It frustrated Elway. It frustrated uh, uh, Manning most of the time, except that final drive, damn it. Um, Frustrated Kansas City for the most part. I guess the second half wasn't so great. Um, Detroit, it started bad, but it got way better. Overall, the Vikings defense needs to <laughs> needs to be consistent, step it up against the Chicago Bears team, and get the job done. If you pressure Jay Cutler, the Vikings should have no problem winning this game, bottom line. He's been sacked eight times this year, which actually, when you consider, that isn't all that much. The Bears' offensive line is doing a better job than they have in years past. That's one of the reasons they're probably looking a little bit better this season, when you consider the Vikings sacked um, Mr. Stafford seven times today. In one game. So you consider one game with seven sacks, and then Cutler's only been sacked eight times all season. So that's going to be a huge key for the Vikings. Get pressure on Jay Cutler. I mean, obviously, that's kind of a common sense thing. But also, take advantage of a defense that gives up points. Continue to focus on Stefan Diggs. Adrian Peterson has had some success in Chicago in the past. It's been a while, but he's his old history, he's had some solid success in, in the past against the Chicago Bears defense. I do think Adrian gets a touchdown in this game. I think he'll get near 100 yards. I do think I also could see Bridgewater having a very successful day. 
Maybe he'll have one turnover in the game, an interception. But I could see a, a three-touchdown game, uh, game for Teddy Bridgewater. I could see him really opening things up against this Bears team. And ultimately, the Vikings' uh, passing game, I think, will be what will win the game, along with the Vikings' defensive line against uh, Jay Cutler and such. That will be uh, big keys to this game. I know that's a lot of different things, but <laughs> but really, no. Pressuring Jay Cutler, being he's not a great quarterback, the pressure on him is going to be super important. He's the kind of guy you can beat that way. Ultimately, just maintain that pressure. And uh, again, hope you don't get beat deep very often. <laughs> they kind of did today a little bit early on. But once you get enough pressure on that quarterback, I mean, you can see guys like yeah, well, Kendricks, Eric Kendricks being a huge key that way from the linebacking core attacking the quarterback, you know, blitzing the quarterback. And then, of course, Bridgewater and Diggs just are going to be a huge key going in uh, more than the running game, in my humble opinion. So there it is. It's kind of all about the passing game in this one. Stop, stopping Jay Cutler as best you can and Bridgewater and Diggs opening it up. And hopefully Mike get, getting Mike Wallace in the end zone would be another huge key, a huge momentum uh, setter for the rest of the season as uh, hopefully the Vikings come out of this thing 5-2, and two, which is what I do predict. I believe the Minnesota Vikings will win this game. I'm going to go with 28-17. Uh, to 17. It'll be a fairly significant win for the Vikings. I think they get it done. It'll be kind of a slop fest because it's a divisional game, so you will see turnovers. You might see a fumble and an interception in this game, but you'll also see one of each on the other side. You'll see an interception and a fumble from the Chicago Bears, in my humble opinion in this one. It will be a messy game, but the Vikings will ultimately get it done. Wouldn't be surprised if the win does again help uh, Bridgewater make some mistake with an interception, but then again, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it it can lead to a pretty rough game and, of course, possibly missed field goals as well. Hopefully not at the inopportune times that cost you big time in the fourth quarter. So there you go. 28-17. Vikings passing game. Bridgewater and Diggs basically keep doing what they've been doing. I mean, you know, keep doing what you're doing. This is a defense you can beat. You can you can put points on the board against this team, but it is a division rival, which will make, thing, make things more sloppy. And, of course, like I've said a thousand times, pressure Jay Cutler as much as possible. I could see Kendricks going in there again, getting at least one more sack. That would be really awesome to see indeed. So with that, let's take a break and wrap things up with fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Let's jump right into it. Let's get to the Facebook page. To get there, type in your search bar, Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings Show. And if there's uh, two choices, a company and a group, pick the one that's company and then click like on the page and you can join up and comment with the rest of them out there. It'd be greatly appreciated. So as per tradition, we will pick up where we left off, which was... When I posted the the new show is out, can you dig it? That was episode number one ninety seven. Uh, so we'll see what people said. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, "I am very much looking forward to this. Thank you in advance." And then he says, "Nice work, Mister Paladino. I I'm appreciative of your game day breakdown. I hope we play Asiata a bit more. Hell, we could develop a a blitz cragging team, blitz cragging team. Hammer other teams with fast ground and air attack. Hope our rel- Relievers gel. Relievers, you probably mean receivers, I'm guessing. Yeah, Uh, great show, Joey Awajan. Skull, Mark from Iowa. Thank you very much. 
Tanae says, Woo, gold star? Thank you, Joey. Hopefully I'll be able to contribute to the show more in the future when I learn more about the game. Great show as always, and Tanae is from New Zealand. Gerald String, hey, welcome back, buddy. It's been a, been a little while. Uh, he, he'll, he posts once in a while. I remember last year, yeah, he won the gold star of the year, and I remember he was real happy about it. Back in uh, July, I was so late at uh, giving out the award like the previous year. and Yeah, um, he says, uh, great show as usual, Joey. Thanks for all the work you do to put it together. Thank you very much. And uh, he lives in the Colorado area, and he let's just say he travels a lot. I said he was a truck driver, but I was wrong. It's more of like a business type of thing. He's, he's more, it's more like business type of traveling across the country, basically is what that is. Um, so, post your in-game versus Detroit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig in there like I do a little bit. I usually don't read... Uh, a ton of it because there's a lot and it's more a way of us interacting during the game which I think is really enjoyable Matt Emer out of the UK he's back baby yeah he says uh, need to get touchdowns not field goals would have been home dry if our red zone offense was worth anything yeah I mean we could have really hmm. yeah we could have easily won that game easily won that game and then luckily we did score a couple times but really the red zone didn't do didn't get us anywhere and that was a big frustration indeed. Hmm. Justin Mayor Henry posting a pretty funny picture there about <laughs> Packer fans basically marry their cousins. That's funny. <laughs> Justin also saying, and he's out of Colorado, saying 4-2 and two is looking beautiful right now. Mark Carlson responding with loving our D. And Justin saying, thinking about our loss to Denver still stings. We could have easily won that game. And we could have easily won that game. We could have easily won that game, without a doubt. And... If we did, we'd be five and one. Do you realize five and one? How good of a record that is. Four and two is solid, but five and one is up there, like with the best. And that's the, that's disappointing. We'd be one game behind Green Bay, one game behind the New England Patriots, the best team on the planet, in my opinion. They've been uh, they've been winning a lot of games for quite a while now. <laughs> they're on a they're on a streak. Hopefully, they keep that one going. I'll leave that alone. Uh huh. Okay, that's the. Well, that's the end of that because then there were more. Uh, uh, it was more in-game stuff, which is is good. I mean, it's enjoyable at the time, but I try not to. Yeah, I don't, I'd be reading for like two hours if I kept that going. So now to the post-game thoughts. Justin Mayor Henry saying, "Oh, see, yeah, it starts the same, but then it, here we go. Four and two is looking great. It's so nice to have a winning record. Let's keep this up. Diggs is a stud. Cannot wait to watch this guy develop further with the team. Kendricks is constantly getting involved." Mm-hmm. He really is. Bridgewater is coming through getting some great stats. We got a team here, boys, and I agree big time with that. That is, uh, <laughs> that's so true. That's awesome. Yeah, Diggs is, man, I mean, yeah, he, he's just going to get better and better and better. He's he's already the number one guy, isn't he? I mean, sometimes it just happens that way. He's just the top receiver, period. And it's, he just started. Kendricks is like, gosh, he might be the best linebacker. He's been the best linebacker the last two weeks. Uh, Anthony Barr, without a doubt, was the best linebacker in the Denver game. But gosh, that seems like ancient history now, doesn't it? Being how long ago was it the, the bye week and everything. Yeah, Kendricks, whew, what development indeed. Gerald Swing, uh, String saying, outside of some O-line issues, this team is firing on all cylinders right now. Great defense. Teddy playing great under pressure, or under tremendous pressure. Yep, and of course, steal of the draft digs. Yep, looking like a real stud. Need to get some consistency somehow, 
in our run game if we want to make a serious playoff run. Teddy won't be able to do this by himself down the stretch. I know we have some injuries on the whole line. Oh yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll get better when Sully comes back. Yeah, that's that's a key. And that's one thing I've almost been forgetting about. Probably a lot of us have been forgetting. He's coming back pretty soon here. It's going to be week eight. And uh, he'll probably be back about week nine. So there you go. If not week eight. So we'll see. Uh, that'll help. Unfortunately, Lodehold's not coming back. And it just seems like there's always somebody else getting hurt this or, for this or that reason. But that's sports for you. Um, yeah, the team is looking awfully good and Bridgewater is, you know, he's the real deal. Brett McCarthy saying O-line needs to get better, should have scored a TD in the last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Good thing our defense is good. Yeah, because that's a huge key. Nobody yeah, we we didn't score anymore after we after we uh, got the the lead there. We didn't really score anymore after that, did we? Kind of scary when it was uh, 28 to 17. It's like, hmm now now what's going to happen? So, luckily, again, yep, the defense did make their stand, and Detroit started to get frustrated, and that's about it. Gerald continuing, saying, Zimmer's now 11-11 and 11 as a head coach. A win next week would be great. And, yep, there you go. He crosses into the above 500, and then you're 5-2, and two, and I do think the Vikings will win in Soldier Field. Tony Coleman, locally here in the Twin Cities, says 4-2 and two sounds a heck of a lot better than 3-3. Three and three. And, yeah, that is a huge difference. Just, that's why the NFL is so popular. Because one game can change the entire season just like that. In fact, one play can change an entire season. Um, Tony continues saying, I was really nervous in the first half. How about that Stefan Diggs, huh? And boy, all of you guys love him, don't you? <laughs> I, I'm included in that. Mark out of Iowa again, continuing saying, I admit the first half was dull, but boy, when we started up the sack machine, look out. I really like the deep throws too. Need to beef out goal line offensive plays. Yeah, the the, goal, the the red zone, the red zone is definitely in the red with the Vikings right now. It's at a, I'm at a loss with it, and they're in the negative in the red zone right now, without a doubt. It is a red zone with a different meaning for the Minnesota Vikings, and that's just how it goes sometimes, unfortunately. And now I lost my place. Don't you just love when that happens? Okay, good, it's back. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. Let's see about posts from other people, because that concludes that small section. Now we dig around. Always got to count on your internet connection in this area, don't we? But but no, overall, really appreciate your comments. And a common thread throughout the post there. Did you notice the same guy getting mentioned in every single post, every single one? That was Stefan Diggs. And I uh, shamefully forgot to mention the... Fran Tarkington Award and Christian Ponder Memorial in segment number one. So I might as well do that now while I'm staring at a circle on my screen. <laughs> Convenient, isn't it? So um, ultimately, the Fran Tarkington Award, it's going to go to two people today. Uh, Stefan Diggs will get his second consecutive Fran Tarkington Award. And who saw that coming when he was drafted in the mid to late rounds of the, of the back, back, in, uh, back in May? That's ultimately... Ultimately, he's going to wind up with a tie, though, with Teddy Bridgewater with the way he ultimately uh, came out there and just had, he, he had an awesome game. So we're going to go with both of them at this point in time. And now the, uh, now the internet's coming back and I'm getting some, uh, getting a little bit of uh, inter- <laughs> a little interaction going on here with uh, Timberwolves' explosion. That's kind of funny, but it's actually, well, understandably as to why, and I'll 
get back to that here in a second. But uh, mostly, mostly Ali and Sebastian, po- or Sebastian, uh, Brent Jacobson posting um, articles on here. I always appreciate that. Keeps you guys uh, informed on what's going on around there. That's, these articles are all very much worth a read, and I tend to click on them every single time you post them on there. And especially during my breaks at work, I like to kind of keep up with things and and read them. Always appreciate that, Ollie. You keep this site, uh, you keep the blood flowing, and we appreciate that very much. Mark saying, Thursday night football, oh, it would be a lot better without Neon D on, on my TV. Anyway, Mark from Iowa says, Seahawks by 7. And ultimately, you know, the Seahawks won by 17. That sucks. Because <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many of you guys actually like the Seahawks, but mm, I sure don't. Wow, lots of articles, and very cool. And then Brent wraps up with, uh, Minnesota 3, Lions 0 in 2015. Yeah, pretty much. But I'm, I'm missing where the third one is, though. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to uh, inform me on, on what the third is there because it should be 2-0. I, I don't know. I'm probably blanking on something and I'm probably going to be embarrassed when I find out what it is in a little bit here. But <laughs> again, that's another thing. That's how it goes. So there's also the Twitter account if you want to interact with... Uh, Purple Mafia on Twitter. It is at Purple Mafia Show in order to get there. So, yes, like I was saying, the Fran Targeting Awards going to, Ste- uh, well, it's one, but it's going to two people, Stefan Diggs and Teddy Bridgewater. Christian Ponder Memorial. Well, ultimately, because I didn't even get to that, ultimately it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be the the lapses in the secondary, ultimately. Um, do you want to blame... Uh, Andrew Sandejo, do you want to blame Xavier Rhodes on occasion with some of those penalties? It's just, it's always something with, Xavier Rhodes has been struggling with penalties of late. Uh, even Harrison Smith, it just looked like he wasn't ready for some of those deep passes early in the game. Um, but uh, it's more like Sandejo and Rhodes, I think I would lean more in that direction because Harrison Smith always makes up for some, sometimes he gets beat with big tackles later on in the game. So he'll he'll always, like, reward you later for your patience, I guess you could call it. So <laughs> ultimately on Twitter, there's Mad Martin, Dave Martin on here, and a couple back and forth. He says, just dug the podcast, LOL, another bronze star. Anyway, and yep, and he's, he's clapping and cheering. He's, <laughs> that's cool. Anyway, agree that the Purple got the lead and looked to do just enough. Exactly, yes. Yeah. My whole point was the Vikings got comfortable last week. And that almost let them let the Chiefs come back and win the game. That would have been unbelievably frustrating. And uh, Dave Martin uh, was saying, after the first quarter, the team played like an Alex Smith boring spot on my friend. <laughs> uh, my friend team had no drive after getting lead. Yeah, no drive at all. Sam Gubda, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Welcome back. He says, great to hear you back on the air. Congrats on the wedding, too. And thank you very, very much for that. Where are we going to go? Dave was saying, not a good start, but I'm not surprised the Lions are as bad as the standings uh, are looking. We're going to need some long drives. Yeah, because ultimately it's... uh, yeah, I mean, the the Detroit Lions are better than their record, and it didn't surprise me that they were coming back because we always struggle in Detroit, like I was saying earlier in the show and such. It's always a huge frustration, ultimately. Uh, most of this is in-game-ish, so then as we come up, uh, Matt, Dave was saying, on the bright side, we are playing a team that are very capable of screwing a 14-6 and six lead. 
Yep, yeah, they're basically capable of screwing that up and saying how the defense is working up. And yep, he was digging the catch from <laughs> from Stefan Diggs, and best catch since Moss was here. Yeah, really, that was kind of a Randy Moss type of play, wasn't it? The way he deked out both both cornerbacks or safety and cornerback, actually both defensive backs, we'll call them. He he split two defenders, basically got them to go different directions, and then was open in the end zone to to make that Willie Mays over-the-shoulder type of catch, the way he was diving to catch it. Just unbelievable. Dave, getting getting near the end here, saying, uh, great coaching from Zimmer after that first quarter. Good football on both sides of the ball. Four and two sounds good. Offense needs to find ways of scoring in the red zone. And the O-line has to be addressed in the next draft. Yep, oh, it does. <laughs> but still, a very good road victory. Lots to be positive about. And I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Lots and lots to be po- to be positive about in this uh, during this week. <clears throat> so, missed uh, Dave Hickey this week. Maybe he was busy. Like, it's happened sometimes, obviously. So, we will give the gold star for this week. It's going to go to... Justin Mayer Henry is going to get another gold star out of Colorado. I believe this is a second or third uh, silver star is going to go to Dave Martin and bronze star to Mark Carlson. So I really want to thank you guys for your inclusion to the show and your comments. Always keep this show going. You keep it entertaining and you show that this show has life, that uh, there's there are listeners out there that care about the Vikings, care about this show, and, and like to interact with this, with, with the whole show. We like to have our, <laughs> we basically like to have our conversations, keep things, um, really just keep keep things flowing, keep the conversation, and just enjoy each other's company, basically, on here, and kind of kind of give each other something to chuckle about, or, well, share in the frustrations, or share in the celebrations as well. So, you get the idea with that. There's also one other way to get on this show, and it's the the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia, and do your statement, shout-out, comment, question. As long as it's Vikings and Purple Mafia related, I'd greatly appreciate it, rather than cooking recipes or something, but... I don't know, maybe you could talk about a cooking recipe, but keep it brief. <laughs> That'd be about it, right? Uh, other than that, I do think the Vikings will beat the Chicago Bears. Um, they, they better. They need to. They need to take care of business next week in Chicago. Otherwise, it's going to really damage their playoff hopes. And you need to get some confidence on the road because it's a good time to build it. Teams that haven't been playing so hot, division rivals, I mean, you win a division game, all that does is really build your momentum for the remainder of the season. It only catches fire at that point, and then you start rocking and rolling. So, two quick things as I come to an end here, or you can even say third, <laughs> but uh, a third very minor thing, kind of small fun thing at the very, very end. Uh, first, first of all, I will give a shout-out to Sebastian Balls and the Purple People Press Box. Really, really good show on YouTube. Do check it out. I believe he's releasing one tonight or tomorrow, whenever that would be. So, Really encourage you to look him up on there. Would be appreciated. Look up the Purple Press Box in YouTube. So he does like video podcasts, basically, like I used to do back in uh, back right right when I was uh, starting this show, you could say, or even right before it, back in 07, 08. I just kind of decided I got to do one or the other. I can't do both. And I was actually doing both in 08, and it's kind of too much. So it's just how it goes sometimes. 
Second thing, very, uh, a very big deal, and I want to kind of near the end of the show with this, is uh, I did mention about Flip Saunders, the the death of Flip Saunders early on in the first uh, first segment, and I just want to mention it one more time, and I want to give a, a God bless out to him and his family, and may he rest in peace, and I want to give uh, Flip Saunders at this moment a moment of silence. And I uh, officially dedicate this 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 episode episode one uh, number one ninety eight to Flip Saunders. It's the, the <laughs> I'm going to dedicate this podcast to him for this episode without a doubt. It's to think it happened on the same day and everything. It's just a it's a sad moment. He meant so much to the city, so much to the fans in this town and everybody he met. That uh, you know non basketball related. You never really hear anything negative about him at all. I mean, just like he was the nicest guy they ever met. Such a gentleman. Just a, just the kind of guy you wouldn't feel nervous, awkward to be around at all. He just he would make you feel, just make you feel like, uh, <laughs> make you feel like you count basically, and that you're you're worth his time. So, God bless Flip Saunders. Ultimately, there. One final note. I guess it's going to be a nice. Uh, Cool, a little bit cooler, but hopefully a fairly dry week out there for those of you out there that work outside. So do enjoy that and keep enjoying those fall colors. And for those of you that support it, happy Halloween. Do enjoy that. We're, it's now upon us. It's going to be Saturday night coming up this week. I kind of in, enjoy it to a point of I like the I like the decorations, I guess. I'm, I never dress up. That's just not my thing. <laughs> I never dress up in a costume. I used to many, many years ago as a kid, but... I don't know, it's just not my thing, and I don't go to bars, so, eh, you know, that's that's your prerogative, I suppose, and uh, that's up to you, do enjoy it, if you indeed like it, and maybe play some Castlevania, <laughs> that's a good week to do that, too, or some something else, watch some fun movies or something, other than that, again, want to wish you guys a good week, and go Vikings, they're going to be 5-2 and two as far as I'm concerned, and we'll talk to you about it next week.